You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome, everyone, to RB1 Colon and Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fate Teams Podcast channel. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, and I am joined by just one of the guys. It is the uh, the old one, I'll the take it. veteran. The uh, that's better. <laughs> what is it? I don't have my notes in front of me. This is this is how much how much I rely on my notes is the fact that I can't conjure this up off the top of my head, even though I you like the grizzled vet. The grizzled uh, vet. There. He may have a receding hairline, but he makes up for it with his uh, too high of an impression of himself and his ability to preach uh, about just about anything. So perfect. Not as uh, good as your normal intro, but yeah. Normally, normally it's the resident it. old man, but I, but I like the grizzled veteran with uh, with a receding hairline, but a high sense of oneself. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Um, and. In the intro, for those who, you know, we heard a little bit from Bert T. Macklin, my puppy, who decided to just chime in uh, because he's being a little rambunctious in his crate right now. So, uh, but anyways, Clark, how are you doing? Living the dream, Pete. Had a good day off. Got a lot of chores done. Nice. And uh, it's just fantastic. It has rained for about 35 days straight here in oh. Washington and uh, didn't rain today. So we're very pleased. So that's a win. It's always, I always find days when I'm kicking about the house, the best days are ones where you're able to knock off chores, when you're like productive, because it's very easy when you're just doing nothing in the house or, you know, working on your own schedule to like suddenly find yourself three hours into binge watching some show and you're like, oh my God, you look back on the day and you're like, this was a waste. I've done nothing. I feel, even though I had, even though I didn't do work. Like, well, what was my day? And then the days when you look back and you're like, oh, I accomplished X, Y, Z chores that I had on my list to do. And now I can look back and you're like, wow, that was a really productive day. I feel really good about my day. Yeah, it's like going to the gym. No one ever gets home from going to the gym and thinks like, oh, dang, I shouldn't have worked out today. Now, maybe if you hit it too hard, you think like, I hurt myself, but you you <laughs> never get home from doing that work and feel bad about it. Same with chores. Uh, you may not enjoy doing all of your laundry but you you sure get that smug sense of satisfaction Mm. at the end of the day totally totally once it's all done and folded and you're putting it away you're like ah pat on the old back way to accomplish something indeed and i love that you named your dog Bert macklin good work (laughs) thank you thank you we're just we're living the life here uh all right we got uh some news that we're going to talk about from the nfl and then for the most of the show talk about some lessons that we've learned from this past year both fantasy and and maybe a little bit of real life because it's the off season and what else do we have to talk about clark other than ourselves 
Nothing. Uh, now I can go on endlessly about that topic, of course, but uh, we'll spare the viewers, um, listeners of that. Yeah. So let's jump right into the news then. And we'll start off with uh, the news that we knew was coming, but it's now officially official. The San Diego Chargers and Phillip Rivers have mutually agreed to part ways. I guess there was some thought that maybe they would use the franchise tag or the team itself had not come out and exclusively said, we will not be making an attempt to uh, to re-sign Philip Rivers. So they did do that today. Philip Rivers will no longer be a San Diego Charger in or a Los Angeles Charger in, excuse me. Uh, so there's lots of speculation about where he will end up. And we've talked about that a little bit on this show. Uh, but it's also something to think about who will be the new quarterback for the San Diego. God, I keep doing it. Why, why did you move Chargers? Why? Why? San Diego Chargers just rolls off the tongue so much more than Los Angeles Chargers. It's too, it's too much of a mouthful. Um, who will be leading the Chargers in uh, 2020? Clark, do you have any inclinations as to who you think? will be uh, under center for the team. Uh, so I never know if I'm reading too much into it and trying to be too clever or if I'm uh, just right. So time will tell. I think if I'm the Chargers, a franchise historically known for being a little cheap and a franchise known for relying on the draft and actually doing a pretty good job in it. I think that Tyrod Taylor is our starter in Los Angeles for the Chargers week one. And I think that they spend some draft capital on, on drafting a quarterback. It's probably the... Uh, it's probably that versus the field as far as like innovative things that the chargers might do. I think it's the safest thing to do. Uh, Tyrod's fine. The chargers just don't go do big splashy things. And when it comes to quarterback, what big splashy thing can you even do? I mean, I think one of the other options would be uh, is Jameis going to get away from Tampa Bay? I doubt it. Are are they going to make a big play for Cam Newton? I would not let him go if I was Carolina. So, yeah, I think it's going to be Tyrod in a rookie week yeah. one for the Chargers. The Jameis is not a bad idea, given the fact that Philip Rivers has also been kind of a notorious gunslinger. And that team, similarly to how the Buccaneers are set up with with uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are also pretty damn good receivers to just be chucking the ball up to. Uh, a and, great spot. Right. I mean, and, good team. Yeah, and let them make plays. The Cam Newton, you brought it up. That... I, I, I won't put money on it, but if I was like, oh man, think of, think of the move the Chargers should make. Like we just talked about the fact that I can't even remember or even properly say their name, that they're in Los Angeles. Like the Chargers need to make, now is the time to make a splashy ass move at quarterback in order to get butts and seats so that you can remind the people of Los Angeles that, hey, there's another football team other than the Rams there. We're the Los Angeles Chargers and we are here for, and we mean business. Going out and and putting together a package for Cam Newton, like aggressively moving for him in in the offseason, that seems to me a move that the Chargers should certainly explore because of the fact that now you're adding excitement to this offense, you're adding uh, some explosive element, and you're you're getting you're generating some sort of like energy around this team that LA can kind of buy into. I also think Tom Brady, given the fact that now reports are saying that he will hit the open market, whether or not he actually does or whether or not this is just his negotiating, we shall see. But Brady, you're replacing one veteran quarterback for another veteran quarterback, but you can't tell me that Tom Brady's not going to put butts and seats in, in Los Angeles if you're the Chargers. Chargers fans are going to show up to see Tom Brady play for, for the Chargers. And among teams that need a quarterback who, like, 
Brady's not going to a team that's rebuilding. The Chargers have all the pieces on offense and all the pieces on defense. You put in Brady there, and that's that's a team that now you are quick taking very seriously as an AFC contender. Yeah, and this is it's not very often that we have so many options at at quarterback. Uh, and I said, you know, oh, you know, what are you gonna what are the options at quarterback? Actually, now that you're talking, there's gonna be a lot of movement, these really old quarterbacks that are still probably pretty good. Uh how about Tom Brady to Chicago? You know, we're going to get to play. We're going to get to play that game. Oh, we're going to play this game so all much. off season. It's going to be fun. You know, like I, I don't really it, right now trying to be right. Who cares? Like 10% of people are going to be right. Cause they're just going to guess the right team. So yeah. that's you know, no fun in that. So let's speculate and have wild fun. Like, does your team suck and need a quarterback? Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, Tom maybe Brady. Cam Newton, Jameis Winston. Like that's exciting. Yeah, the list, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Dak Prescott, Ryan Tannehill, Phillip Rivers, Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota, Case Keenum are all possible free agents. Let's just, you're, that's mean to the last two. We can just cut the list off. What? <laughs> Case Keenum, Hall of okay. Fame quarterback. Um, I like Keenum, but Mariota, I just. Yeah, well, Mariota, he, I want Mariota to end up in Chicago. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. He is a, he is a burner in the most in the most negative sense i guess that is the dumbest way to think of talent in fantasy football and just in regular football <laughs> but every once in a while there's one of those people here just like i wish him the best because he's a person and i hope that he does well and i'm not i'm not i'm out again i'm out, I'm out. I'm out. josh uh, gordon has finally reached that point for me i wish yeah. him the best i want him to do well yeah i I'm saying I'm never going to draft him, but who knows? Seventh round next. You know, probably. Him, I'll probably talk know, myself maybe. into Some it. Buzz. Yeah. Uh, clearly, as you can hear in the background, Bert has a lot of thoughts about Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. He, he, he thinks that it is a crime against humanity that we're even discussing about this notion. Yeah. Sorry. Ooh. Yeah. Hit the no, microphone. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, another veteran that could be on the move, not a quarterback, but Greg Olson has been making his rounds uh, as tight end. He has visited the Washington team and in the Bills, and I think he's now fin- visiting the Seahawks. Those seem to be the top three teams on his radar. What do you think is out of those teams or out of any team possible, where is his best fantasy landing spot in your mind? So this is one of those, I, I know myself enough to know that Greg Olson to the blanks is the type of mistake that I make. I love to hold on to old position players, especially old tight ends. I mean, I was touting Kyle Rudolph all (laughs) offseason. He came up in the biggest spot for the Vikings. Let's do the record show. Yeah, so I I have a bad tendency of relying on these guys. Uh, Of the teams you mentioned, and I think just of the teams out there, Seattle does a fantastic job with tight end. And so if you just have a somewhat competent player at tight end, I think Seattle's going to be great. Everybody's going to uh, be thinking about uh, the guy who did well, whose name is escaping me, coming back. And I can understand Jacob that. Jacob Hollister, I think. There you go. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, Greg Olson anywhere with a competent quarterback is going to get me too excited. And he'll be my tight end by committee, you know, number one this year. Yeah. Ugh. I can just see myself making the mistake already. (laughs) If he, if he ends up in Seattle, because that is a position like people always talk about 
uh, talk about the Patriots as like, oh, any tight end in New England, they're going to get tons of tons of work and tons of fantasy production. But we know, like, what we saw this year from Seattle in terms of that tight end position, where literally a whole bunch of no namers were just showing up in that spot, scoring you touchdowns. That's who uh, Russell Wilson looks to in the end zone, and uh, and someone like Greg Olson, who I still think has maybe not plenty in the tank. The tank's not running empty though, I would say. Um, and so I think that there's, there's enough there that if he had, I could see a solid year out of him. If he were to sign with Seattle Buffalo also kind of makes sense, but I trust uh, for the tight end possession position. I want him to play. I want the tight end to play with a quarterback that can put the ball in the numbers whenever he needs to. And does Josh Allen do that? Yeah, I mean, I think the Bills and the football team in Washington are immediately out because of the quarterback situation. I think Josh Allen good enough to take a defensive-minded team uh, pretty far, but, you know, I'm out on the Josh Allen experience as far as fantasy goes, other than Josh Allen himself, who right still running quarterback. Okay, I'll take it. Mm. He, can, he can get you touchdowns on the ground, but uh... – but Josh Allen through the air. I mean, we saw John Brown get a little bit of success, but how much, how much are we, how much do you want your fantasy uh, livelihood relying on the arm of Josh Allen? I mean, that is a third wide receiver, a boom bust play at best. Yeah. And, and a good one, but it's rolling the dice. Agreed. 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 Bert is just all over this Bert's podcast. Over this I like it. I know. I know. Send I might... all of your hate to me. At NFL Clark, <laughs> don't be mean to doggos to me. All you, all you damn cat people out there who are like, my cat would never bark. I think I'm going to quickly try to take him out. He might need to go to the bathroom. Okay, I'll be back. Twenty minutes later. All right, I'm back. He peed. I go. He peed. Hey. So I think I think that was most of the uh, the inability for him to relax. What a good boy. I know, but we don't tell him that because we don't want to show him positive affirmation for when he whines in the crate. Well, yeah, but when the, when he's pooping. When he's pooping, then you're like, yeah. Praise be. Praise, praise be. <laughs> Twitter's fucking weird today. I don't Ooh, know if you've looked. Tell me more. The, the girl that did the Friday song that everyone lost their shit over. I mean, it's a great song. Uh, it's a jam actually posted some like really good stuff for people with depression and just like, oh. Hey, you know, fucking things are tough and it's uh, going to be tough, but you know, every day is a new day to, to get better and to try new stuff. I don't know. She, it was more articulate than that, but like good little post. Nice Twitter. Uh, well, that's a, that your little Friday story is a perfect transition into lessons we've learned for the past year and self-reflection. Wonderful. Look at that. Look at that. Look at look at you. Look at you. This is the Paul Rudd meet. Look at us. Look at us. Work. Look at us. Look at us making perfect transitions. Um, so this is actually your idea, Clark. So why don't you why don't you set the stage for us as to what what we're talking about? So in the postseason, you always have time either to like completely step away from fantasy or whatever it is you were way too obsessed with for the past few months and reflect on things that went well or things that didn't and things that you want to do better next year so these are just some life lessons little crossover life lessons fantasy lessons perhaps question mark uh so lessons we learned from fantasy last year and adjustments that we're going to make so one that i learned last year is that i may need to be a little bit less risk tolerant 
early in my drafts, and I call this the Antonio Brown effect. There are lots of good reasons to believe that Antonio Brown was going to be Antonio Brown, just see the first six or seven years of his career. There are also a lot of really good indicators that it was going to be tough. Uh, like we saw with Odell Beckham, when wide receivers go to new teams, sometimes it can be a little rocky of a start. And so I just looked all of that in the face uh, and took Antonio Brown and several drafts kind of in the third round area. So not, you know, stupid early, but I just believed. And I think that this year I may swing a little bit further back to being a little bit safer in the first four or five rounds of my draft. Pete, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's, I think the risk thing is, is a, is a good thing to, to recalibrate because I don't think it's something you should avoid. Risk is always a part of the fantasy game. And when you nail it, it's great. It's huge, but you throughout the years for as ever, however long you've been playing fantasy football, I feel like you in your head or actually on paper or subconsciously consciously whatever it might be you like keep a list of players who you trust and throughout the years you'll whittle that list down and where that comes into play for me is like the first three rounds those three picks i need hits and so i will only select players from this list that i've kind of constructed over the you know five to seven years that i've been playing of hits like these are guys who i have never had bad experiences with who rarely have given you any kind of bad years and now when i put them in my first you know as my first three round picks boom i'm locked in and now i can start kind of grabbing at some players picking some players here and there and the problem is with you talking about risk is that it's very hard to figure like even someone as surefire seemingly as surefire as antonio brown right like yes he kind of went off the rails a little bit early in the offseason in order to get himself out of Pittsburgh and to Oakland and you saw it kind of deteriorate in Oakland but you didn't you you couldn't have anticipated this just like epic collapse from him to just being to the out of the league and seriously dealing with some sort of mental issue like that's not something you could have predicted um similarly on the flip side Saquon Barkley everyone kind of had him as their number one pick injuries are a bitch the offense not looking or as relying on him as much as we thought also something. And so like, there are some things that you can't really anticipate. And that's why a lot of the times for me, the the players who I like taking risks on tend to be in the back half of draft where if they fail, you're not, you didn't invest a ton of capital in them so that you, you feel comfortable replacing them. And also in names that like I can create the narrative that this person has a big time, uh, a big year, let's do this. I like to buy on sleepers rather than, than like risking between if there's, if there are like a couple big name players and one of them, I feel like could have a big season, but there's risk there. I tend to settle for a more conservative player who I just will be like baseline. This person is going to get me what I need. Yeah. And you nailed it. It's, it's a slight adjustment. It's a nuanced thing and there's risk everywhere. If you didn't have Saquon Barkley as your number one pick, uh, did you have Alvin Kamara? who right. may have been disappointing. And and if not, was Alvin Kamara outside of your top seven, right? So there's risk everywhere. When when we run up to the drafts, we're going to be like, oh, sure. There's going to be so many surefire first rounders that we're just going to be absolutely wrong against. Yep. I think my adjustment is going to be when I'm not really sure about someone and things really start to stack up and not echo chamber Twitter verse stack up. But when there's several reasons why it might not happen, 
maybe be a little bit more apt to not be so stubborn, which I have a bad habit of doing and just saying, probably best to let this one go. And this plays into beautifully into one of my, one of the things I've learned in looking at this past year from in fantasy football, I won't say completely ignoring, but certainly pumping the brakes on big name players who move in the off season. We saw a few big name players this year, this off season move, obviously Odell Beckham to the Browns was probably the headline. And that got everyone, including me, especially me unnecessarily and unquestionably uh, just excited out of his mind. I mean, Baker Mayfield, I was all in on because, like, he is certainly an upgrade over Eli Manning. Just imagine what Odell could do with him. You also yeah, saw and that was that was the story. That there was, was going to be a lot of people saying right. that they didn't believe that, but mm. everyone believed that. Yeah. Don't 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 kid yourself. Le'Veon Bell to the Jets, another big name guy. Nick Foles to the Jaguars. I know Nick Foles isn't like the big sexy name, but. He, he he did a lot of good things in Philly. So like you could talk yourself into like what he had to offer. Obviously injuries played a part there, but, but you've seen, we've seen this time and time again, where really big name players will move in free agency and won't necessarily have the immediate impact on a fantasy level. And sometimes on a real level, but mostly fantasy that we expect. And so like, there's a lot of sexy names out there this off season and it's going to take a lot of self-control for me to like pump the brakes and be like, okay, Pete, let's, let's, let's slow down on this. When Kareem Hunt signs with the, the Buccaneers or AJ Green finds himself on the Packers somehow, like it's going to be really hard not to talk yourself into that in fantasy, but we've seen it uh, time and time again. It burned me this year. I had Odell and I had to trade him away for peanuts. Uh, and so I'm going to lesson I've learned is to cool it with the hype of big name offseason signings in fantasy. Yeah. And I think another way to say that same thing, which I like is there is value in stability. Uh, when there is a move, it's exciting. And we want to talk about what could be. And I'm sure if we, you know, next week we could come back and talk about the five moves that have been just fantastic and lights out over the past three years in fantasy to make the counter argument, but looking at the guys who finished in the top 12 this year, not one of them was on a new team outside of a couple of rookies. Uh, and I feel like that's a little bit different uh, than necessarily moving to another team as an established pro. So uh, remembering, Hey, just because it's new, doesn't mean it's better. Maybe we stick with the thing that we know. And maybe that's not as exciting. I also feel like, and I'll speak from my own personal experience, my own personal thought process, given I play a lot of Madden and in Madden, there's no adjustment period for, for free agents that you sign. There's no learning the playbook. There's no getting used to the terminology. There's no fitting into the locker room. Like there's none of that. And so when I go out and I sign, you know, 97 overall rated Odell Beckham, you're like, great, plug him in. And now my number one wide receiver is, you know, whatever, 10 overall points better. This is just going to make my offense better. But you, we, I at least overlook and forget about the fact that you're learning a new playbook. You're learning a new system. You're dealing with new people. It's a whole new coaching staff. It's how does that coaching staff operate? How does that coaching staff run? How do you mesh with the coaching staff? How do you mesh with the quarterback? Like there's so many factors that, often we overlook in the gate in in these kinds of when you're talking to yourself getting yourself up hype for these players and uh and those things make an impact and so it's like taking the time to say okay 
deep breath. Maybe this won't be as great as I think it will be. And because of that, I'm not going to reach for, you know, whomever in the first or second round, because I think that they're going to just have an incredible season because they just swapped teams. Yeah, I like it. And I think idea for next week's show, uh, a look back at the fantasy season that was, I just pulled up uh, fantasy scoring wide receivers and I'm like triple checking that this is the right year. Cause I'm like, no, that AJ Brown finished eighth. It's in ESPN scoring. DJ Chark is top 10. Yeah. We can do a whole show. Okay. Perfect. Next week's show. Everyone tune in. Now you've got a tease. You just, you you forget, you know, you're you're looking at stuff so hard during the season, but then you start to look at your guys when it's the playoffs and you just kind of lose sight of like, oh, dang. And and also a reminder of like how silly uh, season long stats are. Like what a bad indicator of success they can be. Right. Like, do you think everyone rolling out Cooper Cup was like super stoked all year? No. Do you remember? Like, that's why I saw him fourth. And I'm like, what? I remember him being like a a huge. Anyway, yeah. He was a dumpster fire at the end of the year, but he was so good for like the first eight to 10 weeks. All right. Before we move on, we are going to take a quick ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. And we are back. Uh, What's another thing that you've learned looking back on the past? Uh, So this is a little esoteric and I don't care. It's our show. We can do what we want with it. Damn Uh, right. So uh, you can be the best player in your league and lose and anyone can win in fantasy. So try to just try to just enjoy it a little bit. Maybe it's because of, you know, negativity, breeding negativity on Twitter, but uh, I I hope this analogy doesn't fall flat, but fantasy football is a lot like poker. Uh, A good player will win more often in the long run, but that doesn't mean anything for the matchup or for that year uh, because anybody can just get lucky and beat you. Uh, That's what happened to me in the championship that I won this year. I was going up against the absolutely unquestioned best team and they all had off weeks and I won. And so the person who clearly had a better team lost. This is why fantasy football is stupid. Fantasy sports are dumb. Why do we play them? What's the point? Because, because if you can be Zen about it, it's fun. It's a, it's a good time to spend with your friends. Hopefully you get to play with your friends instead of just playing with, you know, money leagues online. Like there's a lot of appeal in that, but like take some time to enjoy it, you know, make sure that you're not taking it too seriously, you know, make sure you're not gambling your kid's college fund away, but uh, just, (laughs) don't don't let your week be ruined by your losses but you know no no 
worries letting your week be bolstered by your wins. But yeah, just try and relax a little bit and have fun. Yeah. And that's one of the things in the in my longest tenured league, one of the things I'm the commissioner there. And one of the things that like I adjusted for this year, and I think I calibrated a little too far in the opposite direction. And we'll bring it we'll bring it back probably this year. But I sh- I shrunk our bench a lot and increased our starter positions because I totally agree with you, Clark, where it's just like people have off days and there's nothing you can do about that. But what's absolutely killer is like having the right people on your team and just starting the wrong person or forgetting to start the wrong. Like I like putting the emphasis on roster construction rather than like knowing who to start and the luck of starts and sits. And so I, I like the I like having it a league where it's like, I will put the right people on my team because I think that they will have big weeks and and not having to rely on like i started you know whatever Kenyon drake on the very first day that he was traded to the cardinals where he put up a massive game because yeah definitely saw that coming if you want to do that kind of stuff go play dfs in my opinion yeah that's a tough one that's uh thank you for being a commissioner uh thank you to all of the good commissioners all the bad ones compound stand uh thankless job so so many tweaks i don't want to i mean individually having a bigger roster bigger bench the shorter your bench the more interesting it makes it right right because you can't just like have this you can't keep all of those guys from your teammates and so if you like all of the guys that you're starting and you want to block someone do you really want to drop that other person that you're excited about right yeah, so we should yeah. do a construction but oh, also this is the off season we we will talk at length about everything that is just mildly fantasy related because we have months of nothing going on you do a, a minute work homage mm. as like the artwork so charlie sheen yes. and emilio Estevez. yeah we'll work on it perfect we'll work. oh I, I like this we're, we're off to a good start here another 30 year old movie reference from <laughs> resident old man <laughs> yeah um a thing that i've also learned looking back on this past fantasy year and and speaking of Kenyon drake we saw it play out with two players this year three players if you include someone who had it in the opposite way I will make this resolution with myself to not draft, and it's going to be tough, but not draft anyone who is coached by Adam Gase. Because we saw Kenyon Drake get out of Miami and all of a sudden become a fantasy god. Devontae Parker in Miami without Adam Gase became a fan, suddenly became a top five wide receiver. And Le'Veon Bell with Adam Gase couldn't put together a functioning season. Now, how much of that is out of gaze? I don't know, but I like to put blame where blame maybe doesn't necessarily lie. And seems uh, like a lot. It seems like it's all Adam Gase's fault. And so because of that, I won't touch the Jets this offseason. Or if the Jets grow a pair of cojones and fire Adam Gase in the middle of the offseason, which I've heard is a great time to fire your head coach right before the NFL draft, go do that, Jets. Uh, then, uh, then I won't touch whatever team he ends up on. He just... For 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 seem for having this offensive guru uh, aura or or I don't know people think that he has that he hasn't really put together a lot of good offenses recently. The only time he did it was with Peyton Manning, and hate to break it to you, Peyton Manning, good at football, can kind of make uh, any offense look good. Yeah, I think you raise a good point, and with Adam Gase specifically, and also from staying away from those bad teams, a mistake that I often make in the fifth or sixth round is knowing that I absolutely should not draft the running back from Washington 
a team in turmoil going into the season with maybe Case Keenum, maybe Colt McCoy, or maybe Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I, I know it. Like there's sometimes when you know, yep. and you still just talk yourself into that bad team. And bad teams are the worst because you can still, you know, like, well, running back's a volume game and all I need them is, you know, 50 yards and fall into the end zone. Those are the players that just kind of kill you. And predicting what team is going to be good and bad in the NFL, like hardest league in the world to do it. But when you just know, yeah, you gotta let it go. Or like Terry McLaurin's gonna be a guy where you're like, God, he was so good his rookie year. Like mm-hmm. I definitely am going to draft. And then you're like, well, are you though? Because what are you getting? We don't know where you're getting from the quarterback position. It's a, it's going to be a whole new system in there, and you trust the talent. But like what we talked about, it's yeah. I I like that. I like that as an overarching. I like you taking my specifically Adam Gase hatred and spreading it across maybe limit not you don't need to stay away but limit the number of players you have on bad teams that you that you just know are going to be bad because rarely it will you have multiple very productive fantasy players on a bad team yeah and, and these aren't commandments i think commandments are clickbait you know you should never do these things in your fantasy team like that and we don't dumb. want your clicks don't we click do, on this oh sorry should i not peel back the onion curtain <laughs> Uh, these are little adjustments on the giant soundboard with the 9,000 knobs. We're just making little tweaks because uh, we love knobs. We got our hand, our fingers on all the knobs and we're just tweaking, 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 just tweaking, tweaking them. Yeah. Just... <laughs> um, all right. Do you have a, do you have a final thing that you've learned looking back on the year from fantasy football life, the greater, the greater uh, good for this world? I've got a life one, quite the opposite of the fantasy ones. Uh, So this year I quit a super easy, well, a relatively easy, very high paying job that I, well, relatively high paying job that I've been at for, for eight years and moved across the country. And now I am a uh, retail hourly salesman as I look for another big job. Uh, it was incredibly scary to commit to doing it. And it has just been, it has just been fantastic. Uh, I literally moved from Austin, Texas to uh, a small town in Washington that I guarantee that you've never heard of. Uh, To call it a stoplight town would be a misnomer (laughs) because there is a stop sign before you get to the freeway. Oh, Um, perfect. That's amazing. And it's wonderful. My drive to this really, uh, fun but low paying job I have is like the most beautiful thing that I have ever seen and I get to do it each morning I'm getting married to a a nice young woman from these parts and it's just really exciting and even though it was incredibly anxietous to get ready to do uh, don't be afraid to take chances with your life you only get one shot we're all going to die a lot sooner than we think we're going to so yeah don't be afraid to take chances and get out there and live I love it that's it's so easy when you have a routine and when you have a comfortable situation to any kind of change or any kind of step just seems there's such a hurdle, there's such a barrier. And often, more often than not, when you are able to get past that hurdle or get past that barrier, there's something pretty great on the other side for you. Uh, so I love the, I love giving yourself the time to either make a huge life change and a huge life commitment or or even just something where it's like spicing up a little bit by having like a, a yes day where for 24 hours, you just say yes to whatever is presented in front of you and you see where the day takes you. Mm-hmm. I like that. 
I like that very much. Um, Maya, looking back on this last year, and I, I won't even say this last year, looking back on this last two, three weeks as we've added a puppy into our, our life, uh, I have always been very excited for kids and have often put unnecessary pressure on my wife to, uh, to start having a family. And I will say they, all, they do tell you that getting a puppy or getting a dog first is the right step. Uh, before having kids and I cannot agree with that more because getting a puppy has certainly made me reflect on my my desire to have kids and not that it's changed it at all but I feel like I often have overlooked and minimized the amount of effort not only amount of effort that goes into it but also just how drastic your life changes where it's you know, it's now you have another, this another life to take care of and that it puts a damper in your kind of um, impromptuness or, or, you know, kind of going out and doing something new and fun just because you've got to be like, well, what about the dog? Can it, and he's a young little guy right now. He can't be in the crate that long. So we only can go out at like hour shifts <laughs> right now. Um, but yeah, so that's like something where I think it's, uh, for me, I've learned that, my desire to have children and desire to have a family. Well, I'm still very excited to have those things. I think I've realized that a lot of it was founded on, uh, founded on rosy glasses, rosy, rosy colored glasses. Yeah. I, I think that's good to know. Uh, one, don't let it dampen. I would say don't let it dampen your enthusiasm for the whole thing as a proud dog dad and not an actual child dad. Uh, I'm witnessing some people raise their kid, uh, raise their first children. I'm at that age where even people that delay things like the new uh, people my age, because uh, we can't afford fucking houses or anything else. Thanks, everybody <laughs> who went before us. Uh, the positions we've been put in. Uh, yeah, it's big. Like, I really hated not having a dog for a long time. But mm-hmm. boy, it was nice to be like, you know what, I'm going to go out drinking. I'm just going to stay at my friend's house tonight and I don't have to worry about it. Uh, I imagine with a child, the scale is oh. different. Even though there's there's grandma and grandpa always unwilling to babysit, but they will because they feel like they have to. So you can take <laughs> advantage of things like that. But yeah, it's a whole thing. I hear for like two, three, four years. It's just, yep, that's it. That's what you do. Yeah, and a dog, at the at the very least, a dog is like, I feel like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a year, a year and a half of like true, fully focused. Like you have to, this is, these are impressionable moments. And then from then on out, the dog is kind of self-sufficient. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. And like kids worst case kids. scenario, your dog just takes a dump at Lowe's, like not so bad. Your kid starts screaming bloody murder yeah. at the grocery store. Like, I feel like I'd rather pick up poop at Lowe's. Or somehow if you, at like if you're going down the worst possible path, if you raise your dog poorly, maybe it's a little too aggressive and accidentally bites someone. If you raise your child poorly, maybe he becomes a mass serial killer. Oh, pro- <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. People are pretty resilient. Like, uh, you never know. Recently, I was around a uh, child for the Super Bowl who ran real hard into a railing and uh, hit her head. Uh, and everyone's like, oh my God, wasn't that? And I was like, that's kids fine. Like kids they fine. can't get going fast enough 
to do serious damage. She was, mm. she was, she was fine. As soon as everyone just acted like nothing happened, she was okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but then again, she was walking behind a pony the other day, and I just thought like a mosquito oh. bites that horse on the ass, and she's changed for the rest of her life. Yeah. So I don't know. I I, I vacillate back and forth between maybe being too casual and then like being like know. yeah. But anyways. anyway, an insight into our minds here on the RB one. What else are you going to do in the off season? You know, yeah. we're sitting around. Um, well, there you go. We figured just pop on, share some thoughts. Uh, and like Clark alluded to, we're in the off season. We'll be doing obviously lots of speculating once uh, once some real uh, once some real rumors and, and off season news and off season buzz starts going. But in the meantime, we're just gonna talk fantasy strategy and just kind of talk fantasy football and talk about life. Because why would you want to tune into a podcast where you don't know the people's livelihood? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, all right. Well, make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. We are there. Leave us a five-star review because you love hearing about our lives and share your life with us. Why not? Uh, but if you do leave us a review, leave us a question and we'll answer it on the podcast. We'll make sure to do that. Follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Peter Rogers. And you can follow Clark at NFL Clark. Uh, we will be back at you next week. And until then, peace.